Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office. I'm Sheriff Adan Mendoza. First and foremost, first and foremost, I'd like to offer our condolences to the Hutchins family, a speedy recovery to Mr. Souza, and our concern for the safety of all the men and women in the film industry. On Thursday, October 21st, 2001, at 1.48 p.m., we were dispatched to Bonanza Creek Ranch in reference to a 911 call advising that two people had been shot on a movie set. The first deputy arrived at 2 o'clock p.m. and EMS arrived at 2.01 p.m. It was later de determined that Helena Hutchins, the director of cin cinematography, and Joel Souza, the director, had been shot while rehearsing a scene on the movie Rust. During the initial investigation, it was determined that actor-producer Alec Baldwin was the person that fired the weapon. We identified two other people that handled and or inspected the loaded firearm prior to Baldwin firing the weapon. These two individuals are armorer Hannah Reed Gutierrez and assistant director David Halls. All three individuals have been cooperative in the investigation and have provided statements. Over the last few days, our investigative team has been working diligently to conduct interviews, execute search warrants, and collect and process evidence from the scene. During this process, we determined that there were a limited amount of movie set staff present in the area where the actual incident took place although there were approximately 100 people on set. Through the execution of search warrants, we have collected about 600 items of evidence. These include, but are not limited to, three firearms, approximately 500 rounds of ammunition, and several pieces of clothing and accessories. We believe that we have in our possession the firearm that was fired by Mr. Baldwin. This is, the fire, this is the firearm we believe discharged the bullet. We also believe that we have the spent shell casing from the bullet that was fired from the gun. The actual lead projectile that was fired has been recovered from the shoulder of Mr. Souza. The projectile was recovered by medical personnel where he was being treated and turned over to the sheriff's office as evidence. We regard this specific spent casing and recovered projectile to be the live round that was fired from the revolver by Mr. Baldwin. We have recovered what we believe to be possible additional live rounds on set. Hey everybody, Pre-Accident Podcast, Todd Conklin. It's another podcast. So that's not the best way. Well, son, I'm not sure it's not the best way. It's not the happiest way to start a podcast. Certainly the discussions that we normally have are somewhat more based upon lightheartedness, but this one is really by request. So many people have contacted me and said, we should probably talk about this event that happened in the movie production of Rust. And oddly enough, it happened where I live in Santa Fe. 
And so the access to things like the press conference and things like that were relatively easy, which is why I made a decision to actually give you a relatively hefty chunk of the press conference that described the event as we understand it so far, or as, as law enforcement understands it so far. I'm not going to talk about the event. That would be speculative, and I just don't know. But remember, I come from a school of thought where not knowing is actually kind of a good place to be because it allows you the ability to actually learn and understand. And to me, that theme is going to be a big part of the discussion we have today because I invited Ron Gant, who who actually does some work in the industry and, and is is well-versed and has been on the pod a million times, so you guys know and love Ron, no question about that. But I wanted to have a discussion with somebody pretty special, and it was really difficult. I couldn't find an armorer to come on. I mean, I found armorers, but they're they're not terribly interested in speculating, which I get. I understand completely. And we should talk about not the event, but we should talk about actually what's happening around this event and how it impacts learning. Because to me, the most valuable outcome of such a tragic occurrence is the opportunity to default towards improvement. But it's hard, and it's really hard when there seems to be so much blame to spread around and there's so much attention on the event and there's so many agendas, guns and movie stars and all sorts of stuff that play into this. And all of those things are real and none of them are are unimportant, but they all impact the ability to actually come come out of this and understand what happened. Because what happened here is much more interesting than who did it. Because near as I can tell, the who did it part is not terribly mysterious. In fact, there's a cast of characters that you heard our sheriff talk about. But how we got into a position where this outcome was possible, that actually gives us the ability to move forward smarter. And, And to a great extent, and I'll just say this, change the way that operation is done so that it's difficult for this to happen again and again and again and again. And there's a lot of things here. I mean, and you'll hear us talk about it because that's kind of a part of why I engaged Ron. He's not afraid to uh, speak truth to power. He's certainly not afraid to correct me any chance he can, which makes him fun to talk to. But I think the balance between protocols, practices, and expertise and robustness and resilientness. Are those are words, aren't they? They felt like they're words. I felt like I got away with it nonetheless. That balance is in question right now. And that's a pretty important balance to talk about. And to me, and we'll talk about this. I'm really curious what Ron's going to say, so we'll find out soon enough here. But to me, the opportunity to learn not within their industry, but outside of their industry is rich because this is a SIF. You guys, this is what we talk about all the time. This is a serious injury fatality event. This is a SIF. That's what it is. That is, in fact, what it is. And if we practice what we preach and we truly believe what the science and research and safety is telling us, then the opportunity to actually learn from this is there. But only if we take it. And and that becomes part of the discussion that we should have. I'm not sure we can have any impact at all on this event, but I don't even think that's the goal. But what we can say is look what happened here and look how what's happening is influencing what they're learning. 
Because as Bob Edwards says a lot, he says it to me all the time, the opportunity to unlock the complexities in this event is now present. It was present before something bad happened, and there were plenty of weak signals that tell us we should have been looking at that. But now that we've had a SIF, now the opportunity to unlock those complex conditions exists, and it's our moral duty, if I may be bold enough to say that, to actually do so, to, to make that happen. And so that is, in fact, what we're going to talk about. This was not the podcast that was scheduled for today. Uh, that one, I guess, will be next week. This is the podcast that you guys asked for. And, and I think it's it's a reasonable thing to ask for, and I think it's an, it's an important thing for us to talk about. And so that's what I did. It, with great logistical complexity, I was able to engage Ron on a little Google Meetup, which I'd never used before, but it worked fine. And that's the topic of the discussion that we're going to have. So sit back and think. I'm not sure this pod has many answers. And it's not going to speculate. To the best of our ability, we don't even really talk about the event. What this pod is going to talk about is the importance of understanding that how we respond to an event is coloring the future outcomes, uh, improvements, and corrective actions that come from that event. And so that's the direction we're moving. That's where we're going with this. And that, in fact, is the very heart of the discussion we'll have. So without any further ado, I mean, we'll chat later for sure because I am I got tons of stuff to tell you because I always have a ton of stuff to tell you. But without much further ado, let's get into the pot. Here we are. Uh, it's just a little conversation with the three of us, you, myself, and Ron. And we're going to talk about what we're thinking about the shooting on the set of the production of the movie Rust. So, I don't know. To me, uh, the first thing we should do is is shut up and listen. Um, you know, because which is good advice. The, that's good advice for sure. One of the things that's that I think is frustrating is is how easy it is for us. It, it all of us. It's it's I think a human instinct. For us to immediately jump to here's what they should have done or here's what they should not have done. Um, and, and we either say that, that, okay, that's what caused the event or in this case, the shooting, or that's what they should do in the future. But we literally have no idea. We're basing all of, we're doing like armchair accident investigation based on media reports, which is just insane. It's, and, it's and, malpractice. And we, it is malpractice and we wouldn't do it normally but to be fair, we probably wouldn't have this much media about an event that exists. But I think you're right. In fact, one of the cool things about talking to you about it, because I thought long and hard about who to talk to, is I'm not really very interested in talking about the event because it would just be speculation. Yeah. I'm interested in what the event has done and the way people are approaching the event. Because to me, and I'll just say this early to get it out of my head because it's stuck there pretty hard, Ron. If Alec would have been driving a forklift, and hit that person, in my mind, that's the same accident. Mm. That, that yeah. this, this is really an accident that has become more complex, but not in the complex term that we use complex. Maybe more complicated is a better way to say that, because it's a weapon. Yeah. But, but that, whole, that really lays um, a layer of complication. Is that the word I want? It's not well, compl- so it is complexity, I- but... 
I, I actually think it is it is complex in, the, in a way I mean it because I feel like the the this incident is inherently tied to a lot of meaning that we have both in terms of Hollywood in terms of guns um, and I don't you know the politics aside I I just you know there's a lot of people like who I've seen with like military backgrounds who are coming out and saying well here's how we did it in the military and we never had a problem. Well, so that so the meaning of this incident is inherently tied to their experience, and that's creating these these different reactions that are kind of emergent in some way. I think, um, which is valid, but it I don't know that it's necessarily helpful, or at least we don't have enough information to know if that's a helpful way to respond. But I would add, I think we're we're coloring our information by really fundamental attribution by blame. And mm-hmm. one of the things that scares me more than anything is it's so easy to see what should have happened because that's what the press is filled with. And then in turn, you have a bad guy to blame or bad people to blame. And what that does, you can just see it happening, is it stops really the ability to learn and to actually create a system where it would be difficult for this to ever happen again. Because as long as you think, you know, there's a bad armorer or a bad assistant director or whoever it's going to be, and had a better one been there, this would not have happened, then then you really move away from the actually what I think is the incredibly interesting systemic issues around this kind of work, because I I think it's easy to blame the movie production because it's a movie production. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's sexy and everybody, uh, you know, they don't really work. They sit in trailers and eat catering that, I mean, I think that's an impression people have clearly not true, but no, but it's easy to go in that direction and say, you know, had they had better control on this, they wouldn't have had this problem. Well, yeah, yeah that's this, totally true. Can't argue, can't argue <laughs> with that. Had they, had they not sure made the helpful. movie, they would not have this problem either, right? I mean, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. No, I totally agree. And and to me, the, you know, I, I was had someone point out, well, you know, none of us is actually going to be able to investigate this. So, you know, what's the point of us doing that? I think the point is, if we shut up and listen. We may not be able to, you know, hopefully some of us can, uh, you know, can actually fix that, that system. But to your point earlier about the forklift, if we start to put ourselves into these people's perspective and ask why it made sense to do that, right. we may be able to see how we could make similar mistakes in other contexts. Absolutely. And, and I think you can't say that enough times. I mean, the mm-hmm. bottom line is this is a workplace accident. And so yeah. all the things we know about understanding and learning from a workplace accident would inherently be true in this case, but yeah. the ability to shut up and listen has been greatly controlled, reduced, mashed, whatever word you want to use, by the fact that it's a movie set, by the fact that it's famous people, by the fact that it's gotten a tremendous amount of press, and by the fact that it involves guns. I mean, these are all really important things, but not, at the end of the day, and I don't think this is risky saying, at the end of the day, it's it's not a lot of different than a guy getting smashed with a bulldozer or or a guy falling off a, a scaffolding to his death. It's tragic. It's horrible. I'm so sorry it happened. But I'm also so concerned about the restorative actions that will go next, mm-hmm. the ability to make the system better, and the recognition that there are so many victims of this failure that, do, to my knowledge, at least as of now, are probably worried about criminal activity and stuff like that. I mean, this is really freaky. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and to me, 
that that you know we can talk about that in two different ways i think you can talk about it from the humanist perspective where you know like what's sydney decker always says you know meeting harm with harm and how that seems at least problematic sometimes right um but i mean from a pragmatic perspective like how does that make us better <laughs> if people are afraid of criminal activity they naturally i mean people are natural risk managers Right. So they're going to manage the risk that we created by the threat of punishment. Um, and so the, how do they do that? They do that by shutting up. They do that by not telling, by, you know, by not creating accountability and the ability to create an account of what happened. Right. right? And that and that fundamentally is going to make it harder for us to get better from this. Uh, it's just it's it's wrong. And it's one of the things that's frustrating is there could be actual incidents that may happen in the future. I mean, this is all speculative, but I don't think it's far-fetched that we could have used this incident to learn from to do something different that may happen, but because of the threat of punishment, we didn't get to learn. And so now those things could happen. You know what I mean? And we'll never tie those things together. We keep... The, the pattern of scapegoating will keep happening again and again, and more and more people will keep getting hurt as a result. What's your gut instinct on the reliance on protocol? Um, because clearly this is an operation that relies heavily on experience, you know, experienced armors, experienced professionals, personnel that understand what it's like to have a weapon on the set. And I'm not speculating. I mean, I, I don't know. So I'm wide open on this. And it clearly, from what everyone says, relies a lot on protocols. Yeah. You know, this is our yeah. practice. This is how we normally do that. And then yeah. there's kind of these... Um, I don't know these overarching protocols, like never point a weapon at somebody. Those, what's your gut tell you about protocols? My gut is protocols are valuable. They, they're hugely important. They're just not terribly robust. No, that and that's sort of, you know, I've, I've seen people and they're and they're very right that you know militaries and and law enforcement, you know, they go long periods of time relying on protocol and. Uh, you know, expertise. So, so it show, so it must work. Um, and my concern is that, okay, yeah, but they have their, their training, their discipline, they're all those things are fundamentally different than what we would expect of actors and, you know, production designers and things like that. I mean, you know, when you're handling weapons every day, your, your ability to build, to create a protocol that becomes robust or robust ish, if you will, is, is significantly more, but the capacity to do that on a movie set, I'm just worried is not there. I mean, and again, I'm, I'm not an expert in this, so I wouldn't know, but I'm, I'm suspicious that the reliance on protocols is, is the way forward. It seems to me that's, that's something that inevitably is going to fail. And I think you you're know? right. And to me, this goes back sort of square in the circle. The experts aren't very interested in talking about this right now because to a great extent, I think they see their entire livelihoods in in question at some point and 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 I, that's a significant part of this the restorative practice sort of the the idea of asking okay who's been hurt by this yeah right and that and recognizing that to a great extent the industry to to itself is, is at a crossroads and this can either be a huge cost a tragic cost which is currently where it is that equates into some kind of criminal outcome whether it's civil or or whatever I, I don't really know what the future holds there or it can be a, a an enormous investment in the way this kind of work is done 
on a place like a movie set. And the ability to learn from this has to be, I, I know it's present. This is a, a context rich event. There's so much context in this event from, from labor unrest to commuting times to, to identified safety issues, to weak signal indicators, to, you know, some accidental discharges that existed before this happened. It's easy in retrospect to go back and say, well, you know, all the signs were there. But uh, to me, the better question is, is how can we turn up the sensitivity to this high risk phenomenon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, and that I think gets back to what we said earlier about how it would be a shame if we didn't get to learn from this, because those things that we just described about, you know, missing weak signals, about conflicting goals, about, you know, people managing a, a, a difficult work environment, about previous issues um, at job sites. These are stuff, I mean, you could point to any construction site on earth and yeah. you'll find the stuff, um, you know. And so how, how are we learning from these kinds of situations so we manage our stuff better? I thought the same thing when they said, well, they were under great amount of production pressure and they were really trying to save as much money as possible. I thought, and so is every other. I've, seems like every organization I've been under, those two things kind of fit. Production pressure and efficiency matters. So, so those seem retrospectively like really significant indicators, but I'm not sure. And, and the fact that it's going into more criminal investigation or law enforcement investigation is not bad because it involves a weapon, but mm -hmm. their goal is much different than learning. They, they want to yeah. identify the factual matter that they determine existed on the job and to really explain, I guess, to an extent what happened. But I think the the richer question is to look at this and say, how did a system allow a failure this significant to exist without the proper controls in place to actually reduce the impact of what happened? And that's actually a pretty important question. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and, and reliance on the law enforcement, I mean, fundamentally, the, the best the law enforcement can do is, is enforce the law as written, right? They're right. not going to make these robust recommendations about how to improve systems moving forward. Right? Well, but you hit it right on the head. A law enforcement investigation doesn't end up with corrective actions. It doesn't yeah. end up with a, a judgment of need for corrective actions to actually make the system more robust because that's not its intent. And so, exactly. so we have to look at that and think, okay, what, what can we learn from this? And actually what corrective actions can we apply to every single other production construction site, pick whatever company you work for uh, to move forward and realize this is a catastrophic failure. But I come back to, and I could be wrong, correct me on this because I'm open to it. This is an accident. It's an industrial accident that this is a SIF. It's a significant injury fatality event. It has all the components of a SIF that would happen in a warehouse in Pacoima or pick any place, right? And Yet this one has so much more attention and, and to an extent that attention could be a benefit to actually change the industry. If in fact they look at this with the need to listen, I'm trying to reinforce what you just said, shut up and listen. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think you're totally right. Because one of the, the frustrating things is how many people, even I've seen some in the industry come back and say, well, no, here's, Here's the protocols. Here's what they should have done. And, and you know, one of the things we know from our own experiences and also safety research is you can have robust protocols, but those in 
situations with that we just described, goal conflicts and scarce resources and all this other stuff, those protocols erode. Those controls will erode over time, right? So um, just saying what they should have done doesn't tell us how to maintain our ability to do that 10 years from now. Not the least of which, you're exactly right, not the least of which is it also puts them into counterfactual thinking. So, So what they actually will investigate is what failed to happen. And in in understanding what didn't happen, you're missing the opportunity to actually understand what did happen. And so you never want to investigate what didn't happen because, I mean, I'm no genius, but I'll say it. It didn't happen. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of stuff in my life that didn't happen. You want to really look at what did happen and try to build that context rich, unlock really the context rich story that's that's out there waiting to be told. You think it'll happen? What's your gut? Uh, what's your gut tell you? Because that's the part that I'm curious. About. I mean, what do you think will happen? And I know I think, that I'm asking you to speculate, but yeah, yeah. No I think by this point, no I, one's listening, Ron. No one is oh, listening, so oh, we're fine. Well, well, that's at least there's that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as honestly, I think given how high profile it is, I don't hold out a ton of hope. I do think there will be there's enough people both in the industry right now, but also just kind of in our community who will be thinking about this in a different, more productive, more um, kind of generative way uh, that there will be pockets of learning that may happen. But with the, the high profileness of it all, I think it's just too, it's too big. It's too easy to point fingers at people. It's in some ways becoming politicized. I, I don't, I don't, I don't hold out a lot of hope for major change. So let's not end there. That seems like the brother. I mean, it just seems like a bad place to end, and yeah. ev- and everything sucks. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. The potential for it to change the world is there, right? Yeah, I agree with that. And the learning is always available if we would just create an environment where it's safe to learn. How's that? Is well, that a better I think, ending? I I I think that there's a huge potential for people within the industry to create a, I mean, I'm thinking of even sort of the, the learning system they have in aviation, like where they have these lessons learned that they can share across industry. Because I, again, I'm, I'm a bit of an outsider in the industry, but I would imagine that, you know, on these sets, you, you have a kind of a tight knit community that goes from place to place, but how do these things get learned across sets, across studios, you know, where, how do they, you know, what, what good practices were identified at, you know, Warner brothers that this independent studio um, wouldn't be able to ever hear about unless there was some sort of industry wide lessons learned sharing program. So, and I think that's a really good challenge. Let's leave it with this. We challenge the industry to be generative in their response and mm-hmm. to really build a system that learns from what happened and actually improves because it happened. I think that's the best thing we can give to all the victims, the actual victims of the event and the second layer of victims that are going to exist in this. And I, and I would add to that for the rest of us, our response shouldn't be, here's what you should have done. Our response, it should be, what do you need? Excellent. How can we help? Excellent. My friend, you're, a, it's like you're a genius only better. <laughs> well, no. So that's the pod. What do you think? I mean, that's probably the conversation. I don't know how, how it is with you. I don't. It's hard to figure out what's going on. There's so much press. 
man, if you if you look at this on, for instance, like YouTube, oh, there's a, tons of people have come out with stuff. But to me, the discussion that's worth having is the one that we had today together, all of us. And that's really the, the, the benefits that exist in understanding the goal is to move forward better. Um, and it's true. You don't want to meet pain with pain. That's never, it just didn't get you anything, but you do want to default towards improving. And this is clearly an operational opportunity to improve. So I hope they take it. I, I, I don't know what it looks like. And it's going to be hard because lots of water is flowing over that bridge, even as we speak. But if we don't get better from this, I think the actual tribute we have to the people who've been harmed by this goes away. And so that's kind of where I am. I don't know where you are. It'd be interesting to see. But I do think it's worthwhile to just start this discussion. And you guys asked for it, so why not? I mean, that's that's what we do is we give it to you. And then we'll move forward with lots to think about, which is always the goal. You want to leave people thinking about stuff and i think we do a pretty good job of that so we're good there until then that's the pod that's it learn something new every single day have as much fun as you possibly can be good to each other check in on one another because that makes a huge difference and for goodness sakes be safe (laughs) 